Welcome to the Programmatic Digest, a podcast dedicated to review industry headlines and trends in the programmatic and digital ad tech world. I'm Ellen Parker, your host and Chief Programmatic Sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting, where we offer customizable training in programmatic media. Welcome to the Sensei's Corner, Vera. How are you doing today? I am great, Helen. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, I am. We Well, we are really excited to talk to you today because we are going to talk about CDPs and potentially multi-location uh, advertising, utilizing programmatic media. But before we get into today's conversation, can you please introduce uh, yourself to our audiences and let us know maybe a little bit of your background, how you came about to being Senior Director of Digital Strategy at Location 3 and all of the good gems. Yeah, absolutely. So I've actually been at Location 3 about five months, so I'm pretty new to the company. Okay. Super excited to be part of the team. Um, we are a digital agency that specializes in enterprise um, strategy with a local activation. So we, we very much focus on local businesses, franchises, multi-unit businesses, mm-hmm. and we really help them to understand how to kind of set their strategy out on a local level because it's very different when you're doing that. Um, yeah, I've been in digital many, many years. I uh, started out actually um, not in digital, started out trying to um, originally be a journalist. And then oh, from really? there, yeah, there from there I moved on into programming. Um, I was really techie and geeky and I still love technology. And wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that was where I started out my career, but I fell into marketing like a lot of us did. Um, and um, really just uh, got into marketing by developing websites. Oh, no. Uh, got really interested in Flash websites. Oh, and then <laughs> That was back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if you're old enough to remember Flash websites. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then moved into uh, WordPress and then, you know, kind of started my own boutique agency for a while mm-hmm. and worked with very niche um, businesses, local photographers, uh, local businesses, just, you know, restaurants, lawyers, doctors, things like that. Um, and then decided I wanted to go back into corporate work for, you know, bigger companies and things like yeah. that. So, yeah. I've been, um, you know, worked with franchise corporations as well as agencies, but I love agency life. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's really great because my background is hundred percent agency. And I've yeah. always told myself, um, I, I have a consulting firm as, as well. And, I provide customizable training to small, medium-sized agencies, um, digital marketers that are trying to maybe become better at programmatic media or start offering programmatic media or have been accidentally doing programmatic, but don't know, you know, just doing guest and hope marketing at this point. So I just help and we come up with like a four to six month program. And it's very low key, like it's very intense, of course, because there's a lot of information. It's just like if you start a course. And, um, yeah, we've been, we've been having a lot of fun, but, um, I've always told myself that if I had to go back into the workforce, it, it would be on an ad tech level because yeah. I've never worked for like an ad tech. And I've always been very passionate about programmatic DSPs and all that jazz. So, yeah. um, who knows? We'll see. I mean, so far everything is great and actually leads into today's conversation uh, about, um, I think we're going to talk about CDPs. And before we started recording, I, I confessed that I did not know anything about CDPs. And usually when I have a guest on the podcast and I don't know a lot about 
the the topics is going to be fire. We're going to have a lot of fun. So <laughs> for for those uh, listening, thank you for bearing with me. But uh, talk to us about CDPs. Um, first of all, what is it? I know it stands for Customer Data Platform. Yeah, platform. Got it. Got it. So yep. so let's talk about CDPs uh, a little bit. What is it? What is it, and why is it important for us to to know about them, or maybe to start using them or partnering with them? So yeah, absolutely. So um, CDP is something that I'm really excited about. I'm super passionate about this technology. It's pretty new. I mean, it's been out for a while, but really mostly large, large enterprise companies have been leveraging it. And it's really something that kind of goes beyond the level of a CRM. So a lot of people ask me, well, isn't it just a fancy CRM? It's not that because what it actually does is it takes a business's data and it takes um, anonymous data as well as known data. um, And that's customer data. And it unifies it into one big kind of single view of your customer. And it pulls the data, ingests data from several sources. So, you know, like most businesses, our data doesn't sit in a single place, right? It sits in CRM, it sits in point of sale system, it sits in data lakes. Um, So we have disparate data sitting in all different places. And as a company, we find it really hard to bring that data into one place and create a unified view of who our customers are, right? So what CDP does is it sucks that data in, consolidates it, and allows us to really understand our customers on on an individual level. Okay. Um, And then the next step of CDP is it allows us to be able to segment that data and use it for marketing purposes. So whereas CRM was originally, I guess, more of a sales tool, right? A a tool where we can get our leads and um, do lead scoring and enable our sales team to actually make uh, better sales. Uh, CDP is more of a marketer's tool. And at the end of the day, we'll help marketers to make, you know, to really make their marketing campaigns much more dynamic in real time. So do you need a CRM in order to create a CDP? Great question. Um, you do not necessarily, but it's probably a good idea that if you have a CRM, you would also have a CDP and have them work side by side. Mm-hmm. It would pull the data out of the CRM and would be able to really empower the marketer to use that data in a much more meaningful way. Mm. Okay. So you, so you could use your current CRM and import into a CDP, but you can't use CDP and move it into a CRM. Yeah, absolutely. So what CDP is, is more like the center of the, the hub of the, the wheel. Mm-hmm. And the spokes would be the data from which it pulls, the data sources from which it pulls. And then at that point, if it's a smart CDP, which mm-hmm. I recommend if any business is looking into it, to look for one that really does have the ability to not only suck in the data, but yeah. to segment it, to do predictive analytics on it, um, and then to be able to even uh, speak to ad tech platforms, so Facebook, programmatic platforms, you know, Google, and be able to help you run your campaigns in a much more holistic way using that single view of the customer. Okay. So now let me ask you this. What would be the difference between CDP and a DMP? 
because that's how I understood data management platform. Right, right. So a data management platform is not necessarily working with your first party data, right? Is that how you, how you, does that mesh with your understanding of it? Yeah, uh, so I can upload my CRM data into a DMP or I can use first-party data based on like an app traffic, website traffic into my DMP and then segment and uh, work with that audience, those audience profile segments in the DMP and then shoot it out to a DSP or an ad tech that I'm using. Right, right. So I think the difference is that CDP is more... um, First-party data oriented. So you're taking your business data. You're not relying on any third-party data, per se. Mm-hmm. You're, you're using what your business has in its CRM as known customers, mm-hmm. as well as anonymous prospects or consumers that have visited your site or, you know, that you have potentially some not necessarily um, known data about, but you're doing prob- probabilistic matching right, rather than uh, deterministic matching. And you're able to then um, use that first-party data to kind of spin off marketing campaigns, spin off lookalike audiences, um, and uh, really do you know, this kind of powerful marketing, which is real-time, based on what that customer has done already. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Say, for example, you know, this, the typical story about, the customer who has been served an ad, showing them a pair of red shoes, right? Um, and it's following them around the web, right? You're being retargeted and it keeps showing these red shoes and saying, hey, buy these red shoes. Yeah. Now, a lot of times that customer may go ahead and purchase the shoes, but our systems might not be smart enough to set, kind of detect that in real time or, you know, the data might, they may purchase the shoes on a mobile phone, right? Not on the, on the desktop. So, the cross-device kind of interaction isn't there. And our system doesn't trigger that. These guys, this person's already bought the shoes and we keep showing them that ad and get really annoyed, right? So the way CDP can help with this is the minute they buy that shoe, it triggers into the CDP and actually updates the fact that this person has now purchased the shoe. So let's not show them the ad for the shoe anymore. Let's show them the ad for the matching dress, for example. So it's it's more of a, a real time kind of experience, um, and we kind of the guesswork is removed from it. Gotcha. Yeah, um, it looks like a CDP sounds a little bit like a good migration or like a merge between a DSP and a DMP at this point. So like you can um, manage your your audience or your data within a CDP more intelligently and make the buy as well yeah yeah i mean you can look you can certainly look at it that way there are um several features of a cdp that kind of differentiate it from you know a dmp a CRM, and you know a dsp which is more you know the demand side platform which is uh, you know serving the ads as it were yeah right um so it's really a tool for businesses to make sense of their data, right? And close that data decision gap. So right now, we all have tons of data as businesses. Data is available to us in plethora, right? But I think the problem that companies face today is what to do with that data. There's a gap there between having this data that's pretty much gone to sleep, 
right? And CDP will wake that data up and actually put it to good use. Um, and, and it's, you know, data that pertains to your first party audience, right? Mm-hmm. People that have actually come to your website, visited your app, mm-hmm. uh, signed up as a lead in your system. Um, but what you're able to now do is kind of uh, amplify that data and enrich that data. Um, so building on a customer profile, you know, the information that you have on a customer may be very basic, but as things happen and things change, they make purchases or they show preferences, yeah. that profile becomes richer and richer and richer. Yeah. So I came across this blog. It's called 10 Ways CDP Sales Marketing Challenges, and it's by you. <laughs> and, uh, and this, this uh, everything we talked today, of course, as a friendly and gentle reminder to our listeners would be in the show notes or on the website, programmaticdigest.com. Um, but you said that the CDP customer data platform is a 1.5 plus billion MarTech industry that can solve a plethora of marketing uh, problems. But, um, and then you, you cite uh, about 10, well, 10 ways to solve marketing challenges, but also 10 ways of why CDP, what good CDP can do for you or your business or you or your clients or your brand. And I want to highlight the fact that you also said that it does not rely on third-party cookies. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Because I think it's important for everyone listening and then everyone in the industry to always to like start, if you haven't yet, start thinking about other ways to reach our customers with relevant messaging without using third-party cookies. So can you elaborate here a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as we were discussing, um, I think the difference, the main difference between a DMP and a CDP is that, you know, the data in the CDP is all internally owned. Mm-hmm. As they said, owned by the business. So we don't rely on um, third-party sources. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what that's allowing us to do is to, you know, build up these profiles and, and then use that data to drive our advertising efforts. Now, of course, we can still create lookalike audiences and things right. like that. Now, it will become harder to do, as we all know, once we lose the third, you know, the third party yeah. becomes uh, deprecated. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the reason that I'm so excited about CDP is the fact that first party data is, is going to be the thing, you know, third party yeah. data in a way mm-hmm. with all the privacy changes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's already started happening. We all, we all know that um, Firefox and Safari no longer no longer use third party cookies. Yeah. So it's not something that we can really just sit tight and rest on our laurel. <laughs> oh, you know, we have till 20. Yeah, let's just figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we'll figure it out then. It's something that I think, you know, companies should be looking at um, now. Yeah. And, on it because once you get this going your data is going to become richer and richer as it goes and you're going to be able to leverage that first party data in a much more effective way without having to rely on the disparate tools like you know mark your martech stack can just get bigger and bigger and bigger and we're all getting more um kind of broken and fragmented whereas cdp brings it all together into this one platform gotcha and um so this is great. This is really interesting, actually, because I had no idea. Um, so for an agency owner that's listening or a director of operation that's listening, 
what would be the best way for them to decide, oh, let's go ahead and talk about, like, let's look into CDPs. Where should they start? What are some examples of CDPs? Because I, I honestly don't know who out there is a CDP. So yeah. like, if, is Location 3 working with a CDP? Are you working with CDP right now? So what can you help? Um, what can you tell us in terms of like, this is how you want to start? These are the type, these are the CDPs that are leading in the industry based on your professional experience and yeah. so forth. Yeah. So um, in answer to your question about Location 3, we um, have kind of sourced and researched several companies that offer the service. Yeah. There are probably more than 150 companies who are CDPs. Um, the question as a business is really, does the CDP solution solve my problems and solve the, the things that I'm trying to solve for in terms of um, my marketing, my data, you know, consent management and all of that, that good stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, what we've seen uh, and identified as some key CDP platforms that we refer to as smart hub CDPs. These are CDPs that check all the boxes in terms of um, not, o- not only unifying the data, yeah. um, not only being able to provide segmentation, orchestration of campaigns, delivery, um, but also provide some kind of machine learning predictive capabilities that we're able to um, you know, advise our clients that, okay, this platform does everything that we would want it to do. It's not a portion of a CDP. It's not like a semi-CDP. It does everything. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the companies that we've identified, I'll say some of the names, right? Action IQ is a company that does what we would refer to as a smart CDP. Um, Blue Venn, uh, Redpoint Global. These mm-hmm. are names. Uh, Lytics, Treasure Data, Blue Conic. And then probably Segment is the one you probably heard of Segment. If, if you do a Google search for CDP, Segment will be the first thing that shows up. Okay. Okay. We'll, yeah. We'll make sure to list all, uh, list all of that as well. So, yeah. um, okay. So you've been using CDPs for a while now. Um, I can tell that you're obviously very satisfied with the results. So walk us through uh, maybe a case studies or a situation or maybe a scenario when, um, where, that the CDP came through for one of your clients or for even um, your company, for the, the agency you're working for. And right. I'm asking that because I we love case studies, we love stats here. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but we're really data-driven. So yep. I figured I wanted to ask like, almost like a real-life um, experience that you are okay sharing with us. Yeah, so... Um... You know, in terms of um, kind of working with partners and companies to uh, implement CDP, you know, mm-hmm. what we found is that it's allowed our, our, you know, clients to increase their operational efficiency, right? Uh, what it does is it, it'll end up saving time and money on, you know, hiring you know, the work that's involved on the IT side, right? It's severely... Uh, decreased because um, it's it's a project that, that can be implemented pretty easily. I would say within eight weeks, you can get a CDP up and running. Wow, okay. Yeah, and then obviously the IT team will be involved, but it's really a joint effort between IT, marketing, and actually 
other business areas that are interested in data. So any of the business areas in your organization mm-hmm. that need to access data very easily, need to be able to kind of quickly jump in and be able to pull real-time data on the customer, yeah. right, is, is where um, it's been able to help. Now, I would say first and foremost, it's going to help the marketing team. So um, what we've been able to what we've been able to do is help um, our clients to uh, increase their revenue generation through these platforms. Yeah. And really that's because it speeds up campaign activation, mm-hmm. right? So when you're um, using a CDP, you don't have to wait for, you know, a team to put together a list yeah. of customers segmented out by, okay, who, who purchased the most, you know, who had the highest average order value, for example, or, you know, send me the list of customers that were most recently purchased X product. And then you're waiting for that data to get to you. It's, it's an instantaneous access to the data. Um, and the fact that our customers are, are able to then take that um, data and um, use it to personalize their campaigns, mm-hmm. right, uh, saves them money and increases revenue generation because now they're optimizing on revenue-based metrics such as average order value, customer lifetime value, um, you know, customer acquisition costs. So because we have this data at our fingertips, um, we're now able to run much more efficient campaigns. Okay. Um, and we're able to re- actually reduce media spend because what clients are, you know, what we're now being able to see is that our retargeting lists are more fine-tuned. Um, we're not wasting money on showing people our messaging that really are not in our target audience because we have a much more kind of honed in list and a much more honed in set of data. Mm-hmm. We're able to exclude audiences much more easily because we have it again at our fingertips. We're not waiting for, okay, send me the latest list here. I need to exclude it. Um, and we just have that customer intelligence there. So these are some of the ways that we um, are able to help our clients to uh, really improve their current operations. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as I, as I keep mentioning, this allows us to more strategically use our first-party data. So building upon our customer prospect profiles and adding new attributes to those as they, as they happen, uh, we're able to really kind of expand upon what we currently know about our customers. And then our lookalike audiences also become that much better. Welcome to the programmatic meetup. Yay! I'm so excited about this community that we're building. It's going to be a safe space for media buyers, ad ops, uh, programmatic ninjas, data analysts like you and I, you know, just to come up and talk about our day-to-day challenges in our direct roles, some of my some of our wins and some of our um, opportunities to grow, to educate ourselves. Some of the topic of discussion includes anything from optimization, best practice, QA, templating, workflow, um, operational workflow. I'll have guest appearance. I'm bringing my network to you. And the best part of it is that you'll have one-on-one questions with them. So excited about this, yo. I'm so hyped. Um, so what to expect in your membership, right? Um, you can expect one hour call every first and third Wednesday of the month. Access to all the recordings for the paid members within our community. Um, discounted one-on-one consulting with me. 
and some of the guests that will be gracing us with their presence and their appearance, customizable trainings, but most importantly, your best friends, y'all. I'm very excited about this opportunity. This is a community for you and I. This is a community for us to just join forces and really, really share, really just being able to be together in a community. There's so much growth when you're in a community, when you're able to relate to people, as somebody understands where you're coming from, um, from, from different perspective, right? So, so join today. Programmatic Meetup our community is open to you. Bring your friends. Tell your friends to bring his friends, to bring her friends and his friends to meet up with us. Um, we respect you. We love you. We appreciate you. We're ready to like uh, support you. So make sure you join the Programmatic Meetup. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very excited about this. So thank you so much and see you soon. Um, okay, so this is actually really cool because you, so Location 3 is an agency, right? Yes, we're an agency. You have that as an agency and you're utilizing it um, for, for um, your client use and your own use. Well, so we're currently um, in the early stages. Right. Oh, nice. Okay. We're in the so that means you'll be back in a few months to let us know um, how it went. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We're in the early stages. Okay. So, um, this is something that, you know, as I said, it's, it's been out for a few years, but not, you know, it's not something that's been kind of democratized across all businesses. I mean, yeah. people are just now, our clients are just now starting to show interest. And, um, you know, some of our clients, actually have a CDP in place that they've, they've worked with. Um, but we're to the point where we're excited about this and we really see the possibilities of how oh, this is marketing. Yeah. It sounds yeah. really great because, I mean, I remember a few years back, um, I mean, of course, LiveRam has been around for a very long time and it's a DMP, amongst other things. But yeah. I remember when LiveRamp was first integrated with the Trade Desk. At that time, I was a trader and I was using the Trade Desk. And yeah. just, and actually, I wasn't a trader, I was a planner at that time. So, media strategy and media planning was what I was doing. Yeah. And I remember being trained for how to use LiveRamp, how to up the, upload the data, uh, the minimums required, what does that mean for a campaign, how to implement in your strategy. I mean, it was really cool, but it took a while for us to sell it to a client because it meant that they needed to release either that CRM data or we needed to, you know, um, release that first party that like that website traffic. And some of the clients that we were working on at that time were smaller businesses, like local, local businesses. So they didn't have the million impression a month, right? Yeah. So it did, it did take a long, it took a while, maybe a few months before we were ready to test internally. And let me tell you, it was like a, it was like a big celebration in the agency because we got to test the first client in live room. And again, that was like years ago, I don't know, maybe 2016, I don't know, wow. 2016, <laughs> maybe, I, don't, I can't remember. So I remember it being really like, yo, why wouldn't you want to use this? This is great for your client, uh, for your strategy. It makes us like much more um, niched in our targeting, which means that it will be much more affecting on your cost and your return of investment. But anyway, yeah. I digress. So I understand why 
it's still early staging and people like myself don't know anything about CDPs, which we should utilize, that is. So I think it's a really, really cool um, tool to have. And actually in episode, I'm going to say 51 uh, of the, this podcast, we had um, a guest from Central. Her name is Noor Nasir. And she came on talking about automation and how you, as an agency, as a brand, as in any type of company, you need to have a certain level of automation in, internally to make your people more productive and more efficient in how they're doing their day-to-day. Yeah, I'm a trader and I'm able to pull, uh, I'm not now, but yeah, I'm a, I might be a buyer and I'm able to pull data from the DSP or maybe from the CDP and analyze, but ultimately what can make this process more on an automation so yep. that I can spend less time pulling, gathering, pivoting, formulating in Excel. Yeah. Instead, I can look at the overarching data coming in and then make decision that because this process is automated, I, I save three hours. Literally, it could take three hours for one kit, one tactic, one eye group. Um, yeah. You save three hours. In those three hours, you can now analyze more ad groups or more tactics or more campaigns and then um, pull strategy from it. Like during our, our training, I liked like the optimization piece of the training because there's like almost three phases of the program. So the fundamentals, the planning and how to sell it. And then once you sell, like how to maintain like the scaling of it, which always involves the people. Like the people are the one that's going to continue your business running. And that goes above programmatic media, of course. So during that optimization phase, this is where I sit down and look at we dive into data like this is how you want to look at the data this is how you want to pull a report pivot this is what it's going to tell you and every time that i i go through this process they're always like oh wow i could be using that in facebook yeah of course you could be using that in sem because the strategy like the concept of it all because you save up so much time now you can actually look at things outside yeah of your one you know your day to day and actually you know, just expand on your vision. Exactly. Sorry. No, it's a hundred percent. So, yeah. you know, and this is a great case. tool to have. Yeah. I know. I hundred percent agree that um, automation is, is an essential part of running marketing, anything, campaigns, operations, whatever. At location three, oh. we have automated the ability to upload Google campaigns, Facebook campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are, you know, we deal with thousands of locations. So one brand we work with may have thousands yeah. of all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we're creating campaigns for every single one of these locations. Now, if we tried to do that manually, it would just be it's a nightmare. Crazy. Right? Yeah. So the fact that we have all of this automation available allows our account managers to now think strategically, as you mentioned, and to spend more time on, okay, you know, I don't need to worry about setting these levers you know setting these campaigns up it's that bit done for me i can now concentrate on the data that's flowing in through these campaigns mm-hmm. and really just understand um from a strategic point of view yeah. what i need to do what are the next steps to get these yeah there's so much more you can be doing i i literally every morning when i wake up i'm always like yo is there a way better way to do this right now like right. is there a way to automate my coffee starting so that as soon as I come downstairs it's ready and <laughs> I just get right. I haven't figured out a way because I like to mix things in my coffee. Like my coffees are like almost um, it's not true bulletproof, but I call it like a bulletproof coffee because I like to add like MCT oil, like some nice. 
you know, I add like turmeric a little bit. Like yeah. I'm really, I'm really conscious about how to feed and fuel my body in the morning and during the day. So, um, so yeah, yeah. So I haven't figured out that automation. So if yeah. you're listening and you have, let me know. <laughs> so I'm trying to work. I'm trying to be smart and enjoy life to the fullest. And I've, actually, um, I'm realizing like the the less I do the legwork, the more productive and the more successful I am in almost everything. Like every time I realize that, yo, it's taking me way too long. There has to be a way to automate. Yeah, I find a way halfway automate the process and I gain so much more and then I'm happier and of course if I'm happier I'm more productive I spend more time I get results <laughs> I get you know I get I get things done so yeah. I love the fact that we're having this conversation today because it really expand above above it all like there are technologies out there including CDPs to help us automate a certain level of process like are you confidently able to let us let us know a lifetime value of a customer? Right. Can you right. tell? No. Okay. How can you find out? Well, it have to pull this data. Have to pull. Well, this tool pulls the data for you. Exactly. There is some legwork, of course. Like you have to set up, right, the automation. So I do agree that sometimes it makes, you know, you spend more time at first. Yeah. But if you if it's done right the first time, all you need to do is maintain. So. Repeat, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I definitely appreciate the conversation. I'm looking forward for you to come back and let us know how that's going. Um, but before we close the segment, I'd love to talk about maybe let us know, like close us off with like um, your words of wisdom. Um, if again, if anybody is is stopping the podcast right now, what are like maybe three to four things they need to remember? in order about CDPs in order to select their CDPs and how to maybe pitch it to the, to the decision makers or how to think about investing or how much they should be investing at first. So what is like a three to four thing you can let close them with? Yeah. So I think the first thing would be to really um, pinpoint and understand as a company, what your goals are from getting a CDP. What, what do you, final outcome to be okay Um, are you just looking to consolidate your data or are you looking to really drive your marketing campaigns save you know money on media costs Mm -hmm. and things like that you know the different questions that you need to ask your company and i wouldn't just ask the marketing department i think this needs to be a company-wide initiative is to get all the major stakeholders in a room and sit down and talk about okay what do we want to get out of our customer data Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a key thing because once you really kind of check the boxes of what you need, you'll yep. be able to scout out the platform that best suits your needs. Yeah, that's that's. But I mean, I couldn't say it better. And you know, you said the first thing you said is find out what exactly is the need and find out the objectives. And it's almost what I like to say about anything <laughs> programmatic technology. Like if you're trying to. Um, partner with a DSP, find out why you're, first of all, why, why do you need it? Of course, in programming media, you need a DSP, but in order for you to select the right one, like what, how is their technology going to solve the problem you're trying to solve, but make your life easy. Right. Same thing with reporting. 
how is this tool, like this data visualization tool, able to answer the reporting challenges that you're going through? How much yeah. more investment will you have to, to, to do? You know, so find out, like you have to have a clear vision of what's going on. And yeah. if you don't, then I would even start there. Like internally, there's some, maybe some, some therapy that needs to happen in order to really assess the, the problem so that you can find a solution. So right. uh, thank you so much for your, your word of wisdom. Now, uh, before we part ways, before we close the podcast, I like to ask every guest um, for um, their, their uh, like three fun facts about themselves. So tell us three fun facts about you. Three fun facts about me. Um, well, I speak French and Italian. Oh, um, okay. It's been a while, but I did get my bachelor's degree in French and Italian. Oh, um, wow. So that's something not a lot of people know, but I do need to brush up on it. So uh, um, don't, don't try and have a conversation with me. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound really ignorant, but I had no idea you can have a bachelor in like, a, like language. Yep, yep. I had no idea. And it's funny because it, my degree is two languages. So if people get confused, they say, well, wait, how, how you got a degree in two languages? But yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. So that's one fun fact about me. Okay. Um, another fun fact about me is that when I was a kid, I used to love watching the commercials more than I liked watching the TV <laughs> shows themselves. <laughs> that kind of shows that I was a marketer at heart, right? Um, I used to like when the commercials came on. I used to tell everyone to shut up because I wanted to watch and listen. Oh uh, no! Don't tell me this because I have a a, a one year old and a half toddler, and she gets so lit during the commercials, and she'll like you know most commercials have some type of music. She'll instantly like run back to the TV and start dancing. Oh, like she'll like start like moving her head like all right, this is my jam. I know this commercial. <laughs> so if you tell me that she's going to market it. That's funny. I think it's in her blood. <laughs> I guess so, because my mom was also in marketing, and that's one of the reasons why I I always wanted to be in marketing. I remember she w- used to um she worked for an uh, airline company in Senegal called at that time it was called Sabina, but now it's uh, SN Brussels Airlines. And she moved her way up, you know, back in the days it started like a secretary and then executive and so forth, and then she got um director of marketing. And I remember her having to travel to Brussels in, in Belgium because that's where it was headquartered with like big documents and having to like prepare graphs. And, you know, they killed a lot of trees back in the days because those those <laughs> like presentations were really long and there was a lot of colors in them. I used to think like, yo, this is so dope. I'm going to be like my mama. Um, yeah. Like think the show Mad Men when he was like walking in with a cigarette and she didn't smoke, but he was walking in with like the big billboard to show and pitch the agency. That that's like that's how it was like in the nineteen maybe sixties or seventies. No, actually nineteen eighties, nineties, nineteen. Wow, it was early two thousand. Wait a minute, because I was born already. So uh, <laughs> I think I'm at eighty nine. So yeah, definitely like in the late nineties um, and uh, early two thousand. So I always knew I wanted to be in marketing because of her. And then my dad started his own company when he was in his 40s. And so in my teenage year, that was like those two individuals that influenced. I think that's why I'm like, I was always looking at entrepreneurs. Like I've always tried to hustle at a side job with yeah. my job. It started with babysitting. Plus I was working in a, like a retail store and then it was more babysitting. And then I was working in an office. 
And then from that office, I started freelancing for social media, like Facebook. Yeah. Ah, great time. That was way back when. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's really interesting. Now, um, it makes sense. It makes sense if Jade is always uh, dancing for every commercial. Yeah. Rubbing um, up on her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, she'll change the world, too. <laughs> okay. So third and last fun fact. I'm trying to think of another fun fact about myself. I, I know there's probably some more weird and wonderful ones, but um, I'd say the third fun fact is I love to cook desserts. I don't like cooking most things, but desserts is my specialty. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'd say tiramisu is one of my most. Wow. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, next time we're in Florida, we'll drop by. Absolutely. <laughs> Hi. And if you accidentally happen to have tiramisu there, we won't complain. It's okay. You know. Yeah, maybe we'll dig in a little bit there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take some back with us. But um, <laughs> thank you so much for dropping by. I think this was such a, a really cool interview because, like I said, I, I was not aware of how important CDP platform was for a business, for agency, for brands. And I think that when we talk about automation, it's definitely one of the tools we can look at as a solution to some answers and y'all if you're not automating some of this you you got to get with it because we're spending too much time in like the non-productive and creative task and that's not how you invent and grow um so if you have to give yourself uh like your younger self or your freshman self i like to say um, when you first started um, in the industry if you had to give yourself and advice, what would that be? Oh, wow. Well, my freshman self, I'm going to date myself now. When I was a freshman, there was no Google. <laughs> it didn't exist. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, I, I tell you what, I would have probably said to myself. Invest in that stock. No. I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I would be like beyond the cutting edge. Um, I'll tell nice. you a little story. Sorry, this is just kind of to extend the conversation. No, please do. This is what makes everything, this is what brings you beauty. So go ahead. Um, when I was at university studying oh. my master's, which was information technology and programming, um, this is before Google, right? Back in the, it was probably yeah. 1995, right? Okay. So there was no search engines back then. It was just about to come out. My um university uh, professor asked me to do a research study and a project like an actual project on the you know programming language and I couldn't think of something so he said why don't you write a search engine and I was like what is that and he goes um you know it's gonna be it's gonna spider the web and there was a web but there was no searches yeah 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 yeah. he said it's gonna go and it's gonna search for results based on a keyword that you type in and it sounded like this amazing idea at the time so my, that was what my research project was. It was writing a search engine. Nice. And if I had been smart, I would have developed that a little bit more. Maybe I would have been the next Google. But <laughs> yeah. So the advice would be to, to my younger self, um, everything's possible. Don't, you know. Limit yourself. Don't, yeah, don't limit yourself. I cannot think of any other way to end this podcast and you're actually one of the first guests to say something like anything is possible most of us on the the podcast always agreed to have a lot of courage to ask the right questions but also have courage to ask the dumb questions because they're only dumb if they're not asked 
and to stay as curious as possible because the more curious you are, the more innovative, the more creative, the more you want to learn. But like having no limit perspective is almost like defining as defined as um, an abundance mindset, which people only think of abundance mindset for like millionaires and billionaires. But it starts with like everyone knowing that you're worthy and that this idea came to you because you were meant to have this idea and you need to execute now. So thank you so much. That was like the best so far. I think like, no, no disrespect to the other guests, but I really think that this was one of the, maybe it speaks to me now in in this season more than anything else, maybe, but I thank you for, for sharing. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Thanks, Ellen. Thank you so much. And if anybody had to reach to you or reach out to you, how can they do that? Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so uh, definitely hit me up on LinkedIn at Vera Shafiq. And then um, I also have a website, which is verashafiq.com. That's my first and last name.com. So check me out there as well. Super. And all of her, her information will be in the show notes for. So if you're driving, running, living your best life, no worries. You can get back onto the website and pull it, or you can look at the wherever you're streaming right now. Most likely there's some notes in the notes you'll have your information. So thank you so much for dropping by. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Helen. Feel free to grab today's conversation and show notes, including our guest information on our website, programmaticdigest.com programmaticdigest.com. See you next week and stay curious, my friends.